Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. A fantastic show on the way for you. Later on, John McCarthy speaks to Cork Senior Camogie boss Matthew Toomey after their All-Ireland triumph. An excellent chat, so make sure you tune in for that one. I'm also delighted to say we have a boxing legend on the show, the great Freddie Roach. He's currently training Corkman Callum Walsh, and I spoke to him during the week elsewhere. Week two in the Premier League, wins for Liverpool, Brentford and Brighton. It's currently nil all between Man United and Spurs. City v Newcastle a little later on. Munster made it two wins from two in the Women's Interpro. We have reaction on the way. Ireland are in action against England at Lansdowne Road also, and they lead 7-3 at the moment. And it's another huge weekend of club championship action. We'll keep you right up to date. All of that between here and seven. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch with us. And uh, we'll start off by looking at today's Premier League action and uh, we're going to start off with the comfortable victory for Brighton uh, away to Fulham. Brighton were away to Fulham, weren't they? I'm slightly confused by the heading on this. Let's hear what Frank Watson has to say. Wolves 1, Brighton 4. The game settled in the first 10 minutes of the second half with three Brighton goals. They led 1-0 at the break. Esther Pinnan added the second of the game when set up by Mitoma. Then came two from Solly March, both assisted by precise Enciso crosses, all of which came on top of the game's best goal, Mitoma's brilliant solo effort on 14 minutes. Totally shell-shot Wolves, 4-0 down, did get a consolation through substitute Wang Hee Chan's close-range header on the hour. After that, they huffed and puffed, but didn't really create any more meaningful chances. There was a late red card, too, for Matthias Nunes on an afternoon that Wolves will want to forget. It finished Wolves 1, Brighton 4. Great start. It was it was Wolves. Brighton defeating Wolves 4-1. Fulham were in action. They were in action against Brentford, of course. And uh, it didn't go too much better for them than it went for Wolves. It was still a three-goal deficit at Craven Cottage. But a huge victory for Brentford. Uh, gets them on a roll, doesn't it, early on in the season. Nathan Collins at the back, keeping a clean sheet for, uh, for Brentford. Here's Katsuave. A perfect away display from Brentford gave them a 3-0 win against host Fulham at Craven Cottage. Whistler opened the scoring while Mbumo netted a penalty and a beautiful cross from Ayer for the visitors, which will put Brentford fans at ease over their lack of striker Ivan Tony. Manager Thomas Frank says his team's hard work and consistency paid off and is looking to establish the club as a real contender for Europe. But Fulham will be disappointed after a bright start to the match. They went down to 10 men after Tim Ream gave away the spot kick for a tackle on Whistler in the box. Boss Marco Silva dismissed the call, saying he looked over the incident numerous times and couldn't find anything wrong. But the manager did confirm star striker Alexander Mitrovic, who the side sorely missed today, is on his way to Saudi Arabia with just the final details to be confirmed. It finished Fulham nil, Brentford 3. And in the other three o'clock kickoff, Liverpool, well, it looked a bit dodgy there for a bit. They went down 1-0 against Bournemouth at Anfield. And then it just all started going a bit mental, didn't it? Uh, Allison came out and almost gave a goal away at the edge of his own box, but they bounced back to win it 3-1 despite losing 
um, Alexis McAllister to a red card and was it harsh? Well, their penalty in the first half was pretty soft, so uh, I think it evened itself out. He did have studs up. A yellow card a couple of years ago, but a red now, I suppose, in the uh, the world of VAR today. Here's Shane Pennington. It's Liverpool 3, Bournemouth 1, and Jurgen Klopp's men then have their first win of the new season after they came from behind to see off Bournemouth. Jaden Anthony had a goal choked off for offside before Antoine Semenyo fired the versus in front after just three minutes. But the hosts slowly worked themselves back into the game, and Luis Diaz equalised before Liverpool went in front when Mo Salah tapped home a rebound after his initial penalty was saved by Neto. And Liverpool killed off the game just after Alexis McAllister was sent off for a late challenge on Ryan Christie when Diego Jota tapped home after Sebastian's shot was pushed out by Neto. Liverpool 3, Bournemouth 1. I was watching the coverage on, on Premier Sports and I did have to let out a big laugh when Gary Breen announced to the world, Here he comes! talking about the 30-year-old Wataro Endo who was signed from Stuttgart yesterday pretty much for about 19 million and you'd swear to God they were after bringing Stevie G back <laughs> not not Stevie G was on the way after this Steven Gerrard of course uh, you'd swear to God he was on the bench about to come out like Wataro Endo here he comes uh, you know not exactly the most inspiring substitutes I have to say but he actually came on and did okay to be fair to the guy uh, Tottenham's Premier League clash with Manchester United is underway as I said there's 34 minutes gone in North London it is goalless United had a penalty check it wasn't given uh, Garnacho was going for a shot it hit in and around the arm area of Christian Romero but it wasn't given uh, later champions Man City host Newcastle from 8pm um, and there are two games in the SSE Airtricity Women's Premier Division they're heading into the second half Jenna Slattery's goal has given Galway United a 1-0 lead at home to Cork City and it's goalless between Treaty United and Shelburne. The meeting of Wexford Utes and DLR Waves is underway uh, since, what, six minutes gone there. Athlone Town going up against Sligo Rovers from 7. Piemont's clash with Bohemians kicks off at 7.45. This morning, Sweden beat Australia in the Women's World Cup third-place playoff. The Swedes claimed bronze with a 2-0 win over the Matildas in Brisbane. And then last night, of course... Storm Betty wreaking havoc with the FAI Cup second round clashes. Galway United were 2 0 up away to UCD when the Belfield pitch was deemed unplayable at half time and it's been rescheduled for Monday. Score reset to nil all. It's, it's, it's very rare that happens these days. It's the first time I've come across it in a long time. But yeah, for the game to be put back to nil all. I've seen games that have been, you know, last 10 minutes have been replayed with the same score. Um, but I think, yeah. I suppose maybe a certain amount of time has to be played. Uh, Cork City and Waterford, obviously, that tie's been pushed back to Monday also due to the conditions at Turner's Cross. Unfortunately for Rockmount, they went up to the uh, went up to Daly Mount and were just on the receiving end of a brilliant performance from Bohemians. Jonathan Afalabi continued his astonishing scoring run. Bohemians running out 6-0 winners, but well done to Rockmount um, for getting that far. One of only two. Uh, non-League of Ireland sides in it. The other one were Scarry's Town. Finn Harps put five past them without reply. Drahada were 1-0 winners away to Kerry. And a late deflected Daryl Horgan strikes saw Dundalk win 1-0 at Bray. And uh, now, where was it going to bring you? The rugby, of course. Ireland, uh, they are in action against England. It's their final home warm-up match. It's uh, 35 minutes gone. Ireland 7, England 3. Bundiaki was the one who went over for the try in the 8th the eighth minute for Ireland. Um, elsewhere, South Africa hammered Wales 52 points to 16 in Cardiff. Keith Earls on the bench. 
set to make his 100th cap well deserved as well for Keith Earls I think he's one of the most universally loved players across obviously Munster but Ireland as well and then it was a big day at Mosgrave Park for the Munster women's side uh, just trying to bring it down here for you um, Munster making it two wins from two in the women's interprovincial championships they thrashed Connacht, Connacht 46-7 at Mosgrave Park Mosgrave Park Aoife O'Callaghan was there for us here's her full time report and it is full time here in a bustling Mosgrave Park Munster have defeated Connacht 46-7 with standout performances from Daryl Vinkavoid and a special mention to Munster's newest cap player Beth Butmer on her birthday weekend Munster will now take on Leinster in Energy Park next Saturday in round three of this year's Interprovincial Championships yeah and after the match Aoife caught up with Fiona Hayes so I suppose Fiona, yeah. overall view of that performance? Um, look, we're absolutely delighted at the end, but it kind of just shows the grit and character of that team that they want more. They weren't happy with like certain areas of the game and um, how, how they kicked on in the second half. They felt like they, they should have done a bit more, but I think a lot of things improved from last week and I think we're building and building and that's the way we want it to be because obviously we've Leinster next week and um, as far as I know, I think we're true to the to the final, which will be down in Musgrave Park. So there's an excited bunch, but it's, it's wanting to grow, wanting to get better, not just happy with winning by that score line it's it, it's looking back at the mistakes and, and even speaking about it after the team and that's just this group Very physical game I suppose what aspects were you happiest with? Well I'm the forwards coach so I, I, I probably shouldn't say that look um, I suppose Connacht came out in the first few minutes and um, we mightn't have had it all our own way especially at set piece time but the ability of this group to be able to fix that and come together and, and look at where they could find holes and um, and I suppose fix defensive stuff as well Um I was, I, was, I was so proud of them that they'd done that on pitch. We gave them messages, obviously, before the game, a couple of messages as a half-time, but all the leaders on the pitch really stood up, and um, we, we were able to get all our bench on nice and early as well, and they came on and made a big impact. This, uh, this group, there's just so much talent there. It's going to be hard picking in the next few weeks again, and that's kind of what you want as a coach, looking at it like that. And I suppose Dervinick Ford, once again, performing... Like for proving how good a versatile player she is. So word on her. Yeah, yeah. Derv, look, um we even spoke to Derv gave out to her a bit at half time, but it just shows her um her character that she was able to kinda tighten up a few areas of her game and she just came out and she she wants to be on that pitch even when you're you're taking her off, you can see her getting really mad in her head because she wants to stay out there. She's a, she's the type of player um who's just lightening footwork, but she's worked exceptionally hard on her throw and her set piece. Um, this year you know her work off the back of that scrum but that's what impressed me so much with her this year is that she came back from having such a great season last year and has improved and taken another step up again and you know I wouldn't like to be out there trying to hit her in a line because as I said just the most magical feat I've seen from a forward the backs will disagree but from a forward coach I think she's she's just getting better and better and another physical game at Leinster now next week how, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, looks like we love Interpro time, but everybody loves going up to Leinster. And I suppose um, from this group, we're looking at we take game by game, but now our focus is immediately shifted and we've got to get recovery and we've got to be ready to go. Leinster probably really disappointed with that first game. Um, I look back on how they, I know they got to win today. I'll have a look back and see what areas they've, they've improved around their game from that. But um, this group from the start, it's, it's, 
it's it's game by game and as I said we've shifted to Leinster now and we want to go up there we want to be able to beat them up there you know we, we've spoke at the start about leaving a legacy this group you know that three in a row legacy and to be able to go up there yes there will be a final but to be able to, to win all those games leading into that final that's that's big part for us as well and on that note any injury concerns everyone came through okay um, yeah I think we're looking good um, everybody you know we, we took people off precautionary there's always going to it's rugby there's always a couple of knocks there but from an injury point of view we're, we're delighted with the squad and where they're at now and big mixed pages today, you know, Liam Constantine coming back, little Beth Bothmer, but I say little, <laughs> Beth Bothmer coming in, having just turned 18. Has that made any changes to you? No. Bring a new energy in? <laughs> no, it's just, uh, you know, they all, I could even hear them, the Doro, the captain talking for her, and, you know, to have Emer come into training after giving birth, you know, so she just is a machine to play 80 minutes in her first game back and not look a bit out of place. Um, she just brings that calmness to the group, and I suppose then with Beth, she's got so much energy. She's an absolute joy to watch, and she's a delight, and we saw her come on, bring that energy scrum time bring it a troll time so it's 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 that's what's so brilliant I spoke about it in, in the press earlier about mixing that youth and experience and they're constantly learning off each other but these but these older players are learning off the young guns as well yeah perfect for my side anyway Fiona I'll just ask you a couple of questions um was that a training ground try that uh, Dervil and Nicovert got? Because I saw the throw into the line out and I thought, hmm, that's high. As it is in a high throw, and I thought, wow, that was just a beauty. That, that's one you've been practicing. Did you not look up to the stand? I think I was standing on the seat shouting with joy. Um, yeah, we had a, a couple of trick moves up our, our sleeve. Um, we didn't get to do anything like that last week. We were focusing on just getting out there and getting the game won. So it was nice to be able to bring uh, a couple of them in, obviously. Um, um, you know, um, Ian Castle Kazi, uh, beautiful score. I was shouting, but he pointed out a couple of things that were probably went wrong with that as well. So, look, that's that's the kind of group we are. You're you're delighted, but you're told to move on fairly quickly. There's other stuff to be going. So I was absolutely overjoyed with that, my little baby. <laughs> and just looking at, at uh, the setup for next week, I suppose it's, it's one of those tricky ones because um, Connacht could do with a favour. Because they can get to the final if they beat Ulster with five points, but they'd need you to beat Leinster. So, um, can I put the spake in for Connacht and say, go on, pick your strongest team up? Because you really want to win up there, don't you? We do, we do. And I, I spoke it out earlier as well. So, look, we're, there's, you know, we're only looking at ourselves, obviously, and our, our aim was to come into that and win every game. So there's nothing going to change um, with that. We have, we believe we have a huge squad. I'm not going to say there's a, a mass, uh, mass changes, but that's what's so good about this group is that we can bring in a couple of girls or, or not you know what a hundred percent our focus is to win up at Leinster there's no other way we, we haven't parked that we are true to a final it's each game and we want to win each game yeah that is Fiona Hayes there with Aoife O'Callaghan after Munster's victory over Connacht here is Aoife with Chloe Pierce. Um, yeah, really happy overall. I think when we look back, we'll we'll probably have a couple of things we weren't happy with. But off the back of last week, we like when we won bonus point away, um, we were not at all pleased. Like we weren't pleased in our breakdown. We didn't give clean enough ball to our nines, and then to let our superstar backs do what they do best. So um, I think we cleaned up a lot of areas. But Leinster had a good win today as well. 
and it's going to be a step up next week so we have another big week of training ahead but overall bonus point at home back home in Musgrave Park favourite place to be I suppose yeah bringing up Musgrave Park point I yeah. suppose back in your own crown the other game we had to play at home this year yeah. how was crowd how was feeling? oh it was brilliant honestly it was brilliant I remember that mall going up in the first half and it was just lifted it felt like how many people were in it it wasn't just the eight forwards it was like the whole crowd was in it and the cheer and every time we broke it another cheer and that just that carries you on moments like that as well and here with bodies after today very physical game I suppose especially after final shot win last week mm. you know how she prepare this week and you know look forward now to Leinster yeah I think we just did our review like you know we like everyone does their own recovery they go home on Sundays we kind of expect that's the accountability piece we have you get into the pool you do your form run on whatever it is we show up you do your review come Tuesday then we'll do a team review we're back on the pitch more detail oriented things and then Thursday we're full throttle for an hour before getting back on the pitch on Saturdays but same this week nothing's going to change I suppose on that um Big mix of ages out there on the pitch, welcoming Umer back and also Beth Baltimore coming on, having yeah. once we just turned 18. I suppose how your preparation is different and how to make you feel welcoming the newbies back into camp. Uh, do you know something that Beth Bodmer she's going to be a superstar like um, she's just the energy she brings the intensity um, yeah she's going to be great like it was great to get her minutes on the pitch like she's only turned 18 um, I think we forget that sometimes we figured out in the dressing room before that uh, Fiona Reedy is double her age and <laughs> we had a good laugh about it but yeah she's going to be really good and then just Emer that experience the calm head someone is going to talk to you know she's been there done that and then Kalon, I think he's our little lucky charm Emer's baby so he was in the hotel beforehand he's on the side of the pitch so it's just great to have her back as well and I suppose Leinster next week how are we feeling? Um, back into it again? Back into it again um, I think we'll prepare like we prepare every other week um, can't see any difference and we'll go again on Saturday no difference because it's Leinster Yeah, Chloe Pierce there speaking to Aoife O'Callaghan for us at Musgrave Park after their win over Connacht in the Women's Interprovincial Championship and uh, sounds like they've pretty much booked their place in the final. All right, in the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship, Mallow beat Douglas by the minimum at Parky Rin, 10 points to nine. That finished there earlier on. Underway now, it's Valley Rovers, nine points, Castlehaven, one nine in Clannacilty and later on the refixture of last night's game, see St. Michael's take on St. Finbar's in Parky Rin. That's at half seven. In the Senior A Football Championship, it is Formoy 11 points, Knockin' Agree 114. That's a new market. And Island Rovers face Newcestown in Ross Moore. Uh, John McCarthy is there for us. And it is Newcestown 13 points, Island Rovers 19. A couple of minutes to go there. And we hope to have some uh, post-match audio for you from that one later on. And at 7, it's Gishkem versus Clyde Rovers in Kenturk. In the intermediate, it's e- it ended Evelyry 2.13, McCroom 1.11 in Kilimartra. And Nemo Rangers lead Bandon 2.12 to 1.10 in Carrick Drahid. And Ahada 2.23, Napiersig 2.5 in Cove. Doubleheader at Castle Road in the SC System Senior Camogie Championship. Sarsfields won the first game earlier on. They beat uh, Corsi Rovers uh, 116-14 to 14 points. Just seeing if I can get an update on the second game between St. Finbars and Glen Rovers. That started at half past five and it is currently St. Finbars 2-7, Glen Rovers 2-3. All right, Freddie Roach is a Hall of Fame boxing trainer. He has trained the likes of Manny Pacquiao. He's currently training Cove native Callum Walsh. I spoke to Freddie ahead of Callum's upcoming fight, and it was a pleasure, Freddie. If you didn't know, like Freddie Roach, he's, he's like he's he's had uh, such a long time in the game, but he's he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease almost three decades ago. 
near enough a couple of years after he stopped boxing he still achieved so much despite that in the gym with his fighters and it was really interesting to hear him talk about his mentor Eddie Futch and of course the progress that Callum Walsh is making here is boxing legend the great trainer Freddie Roach all right, what a privilege to have a boxing legend on the Big Red Bench, the great trainer, Freddie Roach. Freddie, thanks a minute for speaking with us on the Big Red Bench. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Not at all. Uh, absolutely delighted to have you on. I spoke to Callum during the week. He has a, a great positivity about him, doesn't he? Uh, what's he like as a student? He's uh, you know, a very good student. He wants to learn all the time. And he's getting better, better and better all the time. And they just, uh, every time he comes to the gym, we build certain area, areas. And, uh, you know, uh, from body shots to head shots to working, uh, working them both together and so forth and using his combinations. And, uh, you know, he's, he's becoming more of a complete fighter every day. You said you had to stop him from uh, playing Gaelic football, uh, one of the Irish clubs out there. Uh, I suppose the one saving grace was at least it wasn't hurling for there's literal weapons on the field to play. Yeah, he, uh, he did have a couple of friends in, in, in uh, another sport and he, he and he does like to play with, play with them and show them who the better athletes are and, and uh, show, show him the Irish is the best. And uh, he, uh, yeah, um, he goes out and they, they, they have a lot of fun together and so forth. But like, you know, when you're checking in a hotel and you get in a fist fight with your best friend, uh, going into the room, uh, sometimes you get in trouble. <laughs> I didn't watch them too a little bit, a little bit. You'd have, I presume you'd have Irish heritage yourself with a name like Roach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, with, with, with that name and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of kids, you know, cockroach uh, and uh, the fight would bring in. <laughs> and uh, so uh, whatever they want to call me, that's okay. Like it'd be a very common name even around Cork where Callum's actually from as well. Have you ever traced back to, to where your your maybe ancestors originate from? Um, not really. I haven't gone back that far. Um just uh you know, I, I I I I know my mother's more Irish than my father, but the thing is, um but he's still the boss. <laughs> Absolutely. I spoke to Callum about his tradition and style from amateur to pro. And I suppose many fighters have to go through that at some stage. And Ireland's very successful at producing world-class amateur boxers. Is the reason we don't see enough top pro Irish fighters because they fail to make that switch in style and adapt to the program? Yeah, you know, the the amateur style is one, one, one thing. And fitting into the pro style is another and uh, I think it's uh, you know the, the the amateur style like going to the Olymp- the Olympics and all that is it, it's a great ride and, and uh, it's great things to do but like winning a world title is like the the, the you know what, what we all really want and in terms of doing that like where where do you start in terms of that do you have to really kind of strip him back down to basics in terms of, obviously, I think he's boxing since the age of six. Do you almost have to take him all the ways back there to, to reconstruct his style? 
Yeah, yeah, you do, and you have to you know, um, improve on the delivery of their punches and the accuracy of their punches and, you know, become a good body worker and kill, 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 kill the body and the head will fall. You know, it's just, it's just something we have to work with every day. And, you know, becoming a good pro fighter is, it's a little bit more difficult than becoming a good amateur fighter. You've trained 27 world champions, if I'm correct. Um, what are the most important characteristics and traits that those 27 champions have? Uh, you know, they all can punch and uh, they, you know, they have knockout power. And, you know, and you just get to, you just get to uh, really fine tune it. So it's, it's right there when, when they want it. And, uh, you know, they knock them out with a body shot or a head shot. But the thing is, the setup is uh, the, the important part. What about it actually maybe in the mind, mentally, the, the traits they would have? What does it take to become a world champion? Oh, yeah, they, they believe in themselves. And, uh, you know, they're uh, maybe a little bit cocky, but that's, that's okay. Um, I can deal with that. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they said once they started delivering those, those combinations and putting guys on their asses, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Is, is there one moment in your career as a trainer that you look back on as a turning point, maybe one particular, uh, boxer you took on to train or maybe one break you might have got with a, with a certain fighter what do you look back on as maybe the most important moment you had in your training career you know it was really funny because like when Eddie Fudge hired me to be to be his assistant trainer and being an assistant trainer was so different than being one of uh, his students uh, you know, because you, you you learn a certain lessons as a student, yes, but as a trainer, you, you're not learning that until you get to that level. And, you know, the things that Eddie taught me as a trainer were so, like, different from 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 the, the being being a good fighter, I being a good trainer is like you know you have to be precise, footwork, handwork. Uh, it just uh, it's it, it was a new it was a new playing field. You know, like uh, I, I wasn't used to this. Like being told that like you know make sure that, you know, everything's precise and uh, he turns his punches over at the right time and it, and that's where they end up with the knockout power and uh you know um we're, we're working with Eddie Fudge was a it was, I mean again when he was my trainer he was he was great but the thing is when he was my my, my master my leader and teaching guys how to fight it just uh it it just kind of blew me away that uh, everything is very complicated and it's it's a lot of fun and uh Eddie was great at at teaching me those lessons how much has the game of training boxers changed i think you know we see a lot in team sport it's so like analytical now stats everything is about stats and percentages and everything like that 
how different is it now training a boxer? Do you have to, do you look at stuff like that, like stats or percentages of anything like that? Or is it very much, you know, as, as traditional as it was when you started out? It wasn't as traditional. And then, but as, as I learned and as I learned my, these new lessons from my trainer and he just, uh, it, very precise and very very exact. I mean, you know, he's got to deliver his punches and with power and, you know, um, pivoting from the hips to the feet and just getting that, that, that full power in your shots and, uh, you know, knocking guys out along the way. And, uh, you know, when you start knocking guys out, and it just uh, it makes it makes everything so much more fun. Like you know, but we don't have to worry about him. That guy won the rematch. You know, it's, it's, he he's still sleeping. So uh, it's great when that happens. And uh, you know, just uh, being 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 under a great trainer and teaching me how, how to train like like Eddie Eddie did i mean he had like 22 world champions and uh i wanted to beat his record and i think i did but um it's okay it's just a little competition absolutely you trained i was probably one of your your most famous students manny pacquiao for 15 years i believe what was it like working with him especially after so much so much success did he ever change in terms of his motivation from the start towards the end no, his motivation was always there, and you know he wanted he he wanted to be the best. The best was his footwork was was a key issue for him. He was so fast in and out, in and out, real quick, and then uh, all of a sudden a quick flash and uh, knockout punches, and uh, you know as he stepping back. The opponent's going down. It was, it was, it was a, a great moment to learn how to train a good fighter like, like, like he was. Uh, he had a lot of potential from the, from the very beginning and he just got better and better as we go on, as we went on. Um, next up for Callum, August 26th, uh, he defends his title and I think Madison Square Garden in November is on the horizon and, you know, talks of a potential homecoming fight in Cork then next year. Like, it's a huge period in his career, isn't it? It is. It's a very, very big, big period in his career. And, like, you know, fighting in a place like that, it, you know, that's, that's everything's for, for real there. And, uh, you know, uh, and then, um, how many, how many fans can he bring in? And we know he's going to fill the house and, uh, he, he's, gonna, but now he's going to prove to the house that he's, he's that great, that great young fighter that's coming along their way. And, uh, he, uh, he, He's, I can't wait for that fight, to be honest with you. It's going to be great. And, and New York, New York is a great place to, 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 to fight. You know, New York and Boston don't, don't really like each other that much, <laughs> but, uh, there'll be some fights in the crowd. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, your confidence, then I imagine he can defend his belts next week and move on, uh, move forward from there. 
No, definitely. Yeah, it, it just move, moving on is what we want to do. And, you know, when it when when title fights and uh, just start knocking these guys out, and uh, he's getting better and better at it. And uh, you know, he has great sparring partners, and um, so it works out. It's working out very well, and he's his potential is is. Where right where I want to be at this moment. Absolutely, Freddie. Once again, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a million for joining us on the Bigger Bench. Yes, thanks. Yeah, the legendary Freddie Roach. There, he's uh, trained twenty-seven world champions. Hopefully, Callum Walsh can be number twenty-eight. Um, as we heard there, he's got Madison Square Garden on the horizon. He's got a homecoming fight possibly here in Cork on the horizon next year. We'll hear from the man himself, King Callum Walsh, on tomorrow evening's show, the Bigger Bench from six pm here in Cork's Red FM. You can watch Callum Walsh defend his WBC Silver Super Welterweight title against Juan Jose Velasco on Saturday, August twenty-sixth, exclusively on UFC Fight Pass. So, right after the break, we're going to. Hear from Cork Senior Camogie Manager Matthew Toomey on their All Ireland Triumph. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. It's Manchester United nil, Tottenham Hotspur nil at White Hart Lane. 46 minutes gone there. 45 minutes gone at Lansdowne Road where it's Ireland 12, England 3. Full time between Town and Ireland Rovers in the Senior A Football Championship in Rossmore. It's ended Town 14 points, Ireland Rovers 119. And the other full-time score there was uh, Fermoy against Knockergree, and it did end Fermoy 11 points, Knockergree 114. I'll have more scores for you. After this chat, Corkamogi Senior Manager Matthew Toomey joined Jur to discuss his county's memorable All-Ireland Final victory over Waterford, visiting Temple Street Hospital and the magnificent reception the Cork squad received since returning to Leaside with the O'Duffy Cup. Now, we are absolutely delighted here on Corkshire FM's Big Red Bench to be joined by the victorious All-Ireland Camogie, Camogie Senior winning manager of the Cork Senior Team, Matthew Toomey, following his side's fantastic victory over Waterford. Matthew, first of all, uh, on behalf of everybody in Corkshire FM's Big Red Bench, congratulations and well done. Um, are you over the celebrations? Are you still in celebration mode? Has it sunk in? Um, I, I don't think... It was fully sunk in, yes. Um, the celebration much for me definitely finished up Tuesday. Um, I, I, I realised my age Tuesday afternoon and that was it. Um, I know, I just don't think it has really sunk in, yes, you know, because it's, I suppose it's, it's just been hectic since the, the final. Um, I, I, I got signed the last few days now at home on our own, like, and, you know, kind of catching up on text messages and all that, because the, the goals around Cork has been unbelievable. I never come across like this, and, um, I was just catching up with that kind of side of things as well, but um, just the, the achievement of it and all that. Like I, I've, I've only watched the game back once. Um, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all surreal at the moment. Can you remember what the message was in the dressing room to your players before they went out? Did you talk about the two previous finals, for example, and what was the message heading out onto the pitch? We we um, we had a, a meeting on Friday night. Um, 
Um, like we don't we don't rush on park. I, I, like I, I was very conscious of having you know finishing up on tours. I went through Sunday. Just thought you know that time. Um, you just want to be together, um, and you know, because we're on the same boat, and you just want to be around. So we kind of set up a meeting, and our, our performance coach Michelle did a bit, um, uh, Lynn Brown did a bit, and, and and I did a kind of slideshow, and like I, I did tap into that, you know, like I just kind of referenced how, how you know the, like, it was like climbing a mountain, is what we were kind of um, emphasizing. You know how many times we kind of slipped back down and back up, and 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 we had the slideshow and we show pictures of the kind of lead the final defeats or the final defeats. And we just said, look, we have an opportunity to go one way or the other. And I, I suppose the last message going out in the field was, look, we knew if we performed to our capabilities, which we were, um, you know, attempting to do for a lot of the year, and, and we knew like that Kilkenny was a big game and Galway was a huge game, and we just you could see the belief in the players, the difference in confidence after those games. There was never like I know that for a fact. There was never an ounce of complacency in any of them in any of the training sessions. They went everything ramped up, so. Um, the message going out in the field is just please play to your potential. We just don't have any regrets if we play to our potential and that's not good enough. They must be an exceptional team. That's, that's kind of the, the, the narrative going out in the field. Yeah, and you had that commanding lead at halftime, 193 points. So can you remember what the message was at halftime? Because when you're up by that score, considering Beth Carton had just missed a penalty, momentum was still with you. But you meant like there was no sign of complacency in the second half immediately afterwards. We'll talk about that three goal burst from Amy O'Connor, which decided things. But can you remember what the scene was like at half time? I mean, having just seen Waterford miss a penalty that would have brought them back into the game. How did you deal with the players during that break? Um, I, I suppose like we've been doing it all year. It's, it's, we break it down to quarters and uh, like the big emphasis was on the third quarter. Um, I, again, like the, like you know, we have our say inside. Like obviously, we're a management. We do, but the players drive this as well. Like I, I, I can't remember which one it was. I don't want to keep saying the name. I think incorrect it, but one of the players was just saying, kept saying, they kept saying, let's win the second half. Like we're nine points up, and, and that's actually shouting, let's win the second half. We'll, we'll win in our arms. You know, there was very simple messages. Like there was no panic. There was no kind of you know, keep doing what you're doing. We we just wanted the next. Like we we had our, our kind of set standards. We wanted for the quarter, and we wanted to achieve that. And look, the, the, the third quarter we achieved way more than what we, you know, had set out. Obviously, so look at that stage, and the game was over. We don't want to pick out individuals, as you said, because this was a full squad effort. Your panel is what won you this All Ireland Championship, Matthew, and I know you know that well. But we can't not talk about your captain. And like she's as humble, she's as the most humble player on the team. As she said herself, she didn't even realise she scored a hat trick. But when you're on the sideline and you're in the management team and you're in the bowls of Crow Park and you're in the midst of everything that's going on, I can't imagine what it's like for a manager. But when you see this happening in front of you, what were you thinking? I mean, like, I mean, obviously she's an outstanding talent, but of all the players in the pitch to, to manage that feat, she's the one you would imagine in the Cork team that would do it. But to do it in all Ireland final day, it just shows what a special player she is. And what is it about her as a captain? Because I find her incredibly humble any time I speak to her. But what is it about her in the dressing room and around the other players that you know that makes her the captain that she is? Um, it, it, it's it's very hard to put into words about Amy. Um, you know, there's, there's been pressure on her like she's on the pants since 2014. But there's been pressure on her every time she goes out and field. You know, she's the marked player herself and Katrina like they've been told me marked up. Like and you know, she's been under pressure. So if she comes off the field getting a pint or two, I think she got five pints last year all from freeze. There's no question mark over her, but like, I I don't listen to any of that clatter again, like because the work she does in training like is immense. You know, like she tries to better herself all the time. 
when you when you see like one of the players like that again because she's under so much pressure and probably because she was captain she was under even a more pressure performance like that like even in the first half taking the three goals away like to have ten shots on target to end up at three seven is just like it's it's incredible like if some someone says why they're over stuff I think it's even beyond that it's it's absolutely unbelievable as a as a, as a player she's been outstanding all all this has been but like as a captain. You know, you, you have different types of captains. Like, to me, like out in the field, the likes of Laura Tracy, you know, Hannah Looney, Ashley Thompson, you know, Liv McAllen, the young one coming up from school, like she, she's going to be an exceptional kind of, They're all leaders because they, you know, they motivate and they talk well and, they, and to be fair to them, they back it up. But it's, it, it, it's Amy does everything, you know, she, she doesn't say much to the players, but when she does, it really sticks to them. But like, she just leads by example and everything she does, the way she carries herself, the way she you know, treats her body the way she has everything prepared. She's absolutely spot on. And she'd, she'd often come to me John the year with a quiet word. It never makes any big drama about it or, you know, shouting roars inside in the dressing room. She'd come to me and have a quiet word. The first league game this year we played against in the All-Iron Series. We played against Galway after five minutes in the second half. We took her off. Um, things weren't going right for her. And we felt, you know, that just we need fresh blood in there. And, you know, she, she came to us on Tuesday very, very professionally. And you know, just said, "What am we doing wrong? Where can I improve?" And it was a simple conversation. She had myself and Liam Cronin, and like, you know, I'm not saying that's the catalyst of the, of the reason that she changed her year, but so her whole, you know, dynamics just she, she just put the head down. She was like, I think game after game, like she improved, unbelievable, and you were just so happy for her, um, just to put in a performance like that in the big day, and and you know, like what she got on on, on Sunday. But what she got done in Vincent's on, on Monday was just unbelievable and, and deserved so much. Like. It certainly was, and that's very well well articulated. Can I ask you, as the manager of the Cork team, have you been keeping an eye on your players' social media accounts over the past week? Because I have, and uh, they're certainly and deservedly celebrating this success, Matthew. But uh, it's making for interesting viewing, to put it mildly. Yeah, um, I suppose I did the deal myself when I took over the manager's job. I deleted them all, um, <laughs> but my kids have them. They be showing me stuff, and uh, yeah, look, fair player to their flipping liver. You know, <laughs> they, must, they must be unbelievable. Like I suppose you have to give that to Wesley O'Brien for all the training, you must the livers as well as everything else. Um, no, look, I suppose I suppose they have to settle down now because they're back to their clubs and all that. And I think a couple of them are away for a break, and you know they needed that week off. Mm. You know, just to kind of come back down to work and. Look, go back and do their best for their clubs now. But look, Hannah's, Hannah's an unbelievable character. Like, you know, there's not too many people going to the Sunday game with a car cat in them. But again, another one of these players, like when we needed Hannah the most in the second half of the semi final and for the final 18 possessions, and every one of them were driving forward and bursting through and, and, and giving great balls into our forwards. Um, and especially was extremely tough on the four duels this year, but especially Hannah. Um, she missed out in two the, the, our championship game she missed in the, the, the down game and the clear game so she missed about four weeks of Camogie and still come out and perform like that in the semi-final and final it's, it's a massive credit where like you know she's all that fun but like my god when, when Hannah has to roll up the sleeves Hannah rolls up the sleeves like she's, she's she's a class act Indeed she is as well as the entire panel Um I won't ask you about the immediate aftermath because we spoke very briefly on the pitch but I don't expect you to remember everything that happened in the immediate aftermath, Matthew. But one thing I did enjoy watching and seeing across social media and on television was when you visited the sick kids in hospital afterwards. It's something that didn't happen in the hurling of the football finals this year. How, I mean, that's a humbling moment 
after all the excitement that's gone on, how humbling was it and how lovely was it um, to do that with your players and, and, and yourself to go into, into Temple Street? Yeah, I, I, you hit the nail on the head. Humbling is the word. Um, I, I brought two of the, the, the O'Regan and the, the name me don't drink, so they were the two I picked from the night to come with me. The, the two, we, we, come, we came away from the three of us and, and like we, we had the, the kit band with us and we came away and it was, like the tree was just nearly shaking. Like you know, you're, you're seeing kids up there, like you know, and you know, there's there's one kid in particular, Barbara, this small girl with glasses, and she's actually going through a knot for that. She's in the hospital since May, and she just, oh my God, she'd break her heart when you're talking. Well, she's such a lovely kid. Um, look, I, I, like I, I've said it, you know, winning the North Ireland was unbelievable. Like, but look, spend the day up there with your child, and you, you know what life's all about. You know, winning and losing. You know, you get your child out of hospital. Winning, it's, it's more important than winning any North Ireland. Um, it was it was fantastic, and like, we really appreciated the opportunity to go up there, and um, you know it's something the three of us will have. Like, and as I say, we spent kind of twenty minutes coming home or going back to the hotel from the hospital, and it was um, it was just you know it was, uh, it was it was a nice moment for the three of us to have as well because we were just in you know all, all those people up there, like what they do, and you know for their families what they go through with their kids, like it's it's, it's incredible. Like. Very well said. Um, finally. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. Can I ask you, do you know what your future is or is any decision made on it just yet? No, I, I, I don't think anything has come up about that yet. Like, you know, okay. I, I know I got a two-year term. That, that two-year term is up, obviously, you know, but look, I haven't thought anyone, I haven't thought about it. Look, there, there was so much focus going into, hmm. the, in, in, into trying to gain, regain the Odofi Cup. Um, look, that, that, that's the, 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 the first okay. and foremost and the players go back to their clubs now and you know, and, and that's another. We're heading off on holiday soon enough now, so um, okay. that's the, the the first part of call now. All right, I appreciate you answering. I know it's a difficult question. I want to leave on a positive note, though, um, for you, Matthew, because um, whatever about the homecoming and the crowds that came out, I noticed yeah. it, and I'm not just saying it. I know you did too. Probably did more so on the media night before the All Ireland. The growth of Camogie in Cork. It's a combination of the county board, the senior, the intermediate inter-county teams underage and all the clubs that push this and make it what it is. It is, a, it is, it is no, the momentum behind Camogie and Cork, and you see it more than I do um, from watching all the matches, it's on the up. There's a huge, huge support behind it and the good wishes and the goodwill towards you, your management team and the entire Cork panel, certainly this year. I've never, I've watched over the last couple of years, I've been on the crop bar pitch and the heartbreak of those other finals interviewing you afterwards, which is not easy. But besides all of that, have you noticed that? Is this a real thing? Is Camogie on the up in the county, in your estimation, on and off the pitch? Because I've seen it this year and I've been taken aback at so many people and such goodwill. And it's, you'll be the first to admit it's not just one or two people's efforts. It's a county board. It's a, it's a senior management team. It's an intermediate management team. It's all those inter-county underage coaches and players and all the clubs and supporters. But has it ever been in such a positive state? No, look, I, I don't think so. And, and, and you know, obviously the win helps everything. But you know, the sixteen, the minor success, the intermediates won the league. They were lucky not to, to push on for the All Ireland this year. Um, no, the goodwill has been like I, I've never come across like this. You know, that probably I, I don't want to mention names though because they're not favourite. Mm. Like, two of the greatest players ever played the game were on to me last week, wish, wishing us well. And, and you know, even even Pat Ryan, the Cork hurling manager, was on as well. You know, all these kind of people and plenty more. Like I think. You know, there's times I I like I love getting involved with team for trying to help the team out. I I don't like the kind of the the spotlight side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm walking through town. I'm walking through Douglas, and people stop me. I don't even know them wishing as well, and you know, saying, "Geez, like your team is unbelievable." They've so, some heart. 
And I, I think that's that, like in, in, in our county board, you know, all the county boards get criticism. Our county board have been unbelievable to us, like even coming up to the final. There wasn't a question of anything. What, this is what you want. And, and, and even they gave us more than what we wanted. So there's fair credit to go to them because I know sometimes with them it's like loaves and fishes. Like, but they, like, they, it, it, it's really on a high at the moment like, and it really needs to be pushed on now. Um, you know, they, they, we, we, I think everyone knows that the main reason we kind of pushed the other end is because of our panel. Like we had 20 players willing to come on, but by the time the other came around, we were, we were saying we had 25 players. Even like you're bringing on subs, you know, they deserve to come on. There's no doubt about that. But you even feel guilty because there's a couple more come on do the same job. And that's like I know in, in, in my time in Barbara Crockmall, you're watching it closely. That has never been the case. Like, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's massive credit to everybody. Indeed it is. And on that note, we let you off the hook for your media, your media requirements for what's been an, uh, what feels like an eternity, but a very, very long but successful season. I'm delighted for you. I'm delighted for your management team as well, especially as well as the players and everybody here in Cork's Red FM's Big Red Bench and everybody in the media, not just us, to be fair as well, um, feels the same way. We're absolutely delighted that you've gotten over the line, won the O'Duffy Cup and done it uh, in a thrilling manner, beating all the best teams to get there. Uh, Matthew Toomey, enjoy that holiday and uh, turn off that phone maybe for a week or two. <laughs> you can be sure of it. And come here, thanks a million again for everything during the year. It's, it's nice to have a call like this because we, we had a few tricky ones that were trying to make fun of stuff but it wasn't there as well. Thanks a million. All the best, Matthew. That's Matthew Toomey, the Cork Senior Camogie Manager, following their All-Ireland success uh, in Croke Park a couple of weeks ago against Waterford uh, here on the Big Red Bench. Yep, well said, Jar, And um, yeah, perfectly put. Fantastic uh, achievement for, for all involved with the senior squad. And uh, yeah, it's certainly on the rise here in Cork, isn't it? Um, let's have uh, one last look at the results in the Bonskiers Premier Senior Football Championship. Mallow beat Douglas by the minimum at Parky Rin, 10 points to 9 it finished. Valley Rovers, 9 points. Castlehaven, 112 was full-time in Clannacilty. The refixture of last night's game sees St. Michael's take on St. Finbar's Parky Rin at half 7. In the Senior A for Moy, uh, edged out or sorry not going to agree edged out 114 to 11 point winners against Formoy Newmarket and we're going to hear from uh, the Island Rovers and Town game as well Town coming out on top there at 7 it's Kishkane versus Clyde Rovers in Kenturk Eve Leary defeated McCroom 213 to 111 Nemo Rangers were in the lead 210 to 110 but Bandon what a final period they've put in they've won 213 to 212 in, in Carrigadrohad and Ahada beat Napiershig 324 to 2 Five that was in the Premier Intermediate Football Championship. All right, let's hear now. Jeremy McCarthy was at that game, and he's speaking here with Newcastle manager Tim Buckley. Okay, Tim Buckley, you got the job done today. Newcastle got the win that they needed in Group C of the Senior A Football Championship. But what a battle uh, for Moylan Rovers right near up to right up to the end. Yeah. Um I want to say a great game, a good battle. Um, conditions are poor, very, very wet and um, showery. Uh, we were comfortable at halftime of five pints, and um, Ireland came at us, and I think they came within a pint of us. And um, just tit for tat until the 60 odd minutes, but we got over the line. So, Bishop's on next now. Yeah, coming into it like he knew we were on, like Lucio by point. Donnie's the first day on the same pitch, like it was all about just getting the win today. Yeah, it's all about getting the win. Um, the Hurlers had two good wins uh, last week, and um, Morales is, is high, and today we'll, we dug it out, we dug it out. Um, probably probably never going to lose it, um, but could have. Um, Ireland played a lot, a lot, 
long high ball into the square on a wet day anything could happen so yeah. Yeah. how much the conditions like affect the game for both teams because like that rain in the first half like it was a heavy pitch it's a good pitch but a heavy pitch like it just made it and turned it into a battle yeah I think we uh, I think we t- 10 points at half time and, uh, and we thought you know we were, we were, we were footballing well and with the conditions you know, we had a bit of a breeze that was there but the showers were, were quite difficult and the second half um, this was the iron goal yeah. um, put us back and brought them into the game how much of winning such a tough, tight battle will take you into the next game? It's one thing to win a championship game. You know how hard it is to win at this level. But the manner in which you won and dug in and really, really battled for it today, how much will that help you going into that game with Bishopstone? Look, you know, it's all about winning. Um, it might have been Donny's beat us last week, um, three weeks ago. Probably an ugly, ugly game as well. But look, Donny's are, um, are on top of the table. It's all about winning, kick for ball. So if you can dig it out and a few more tweaks with us we might improve us a bit more right, congratulations we'll talk to you again that's great thanks very much yeah the full time score there was Newstown 14 points Ireland Rovers 1-9 and the score in uh, between Knock and Agree and Formoy was Knock and Agree 114 for Moy 11 here is Colm O'Driscoll the Ireland Rovers manager speaking to Jeremy McCarthy all right, Colin, disappointment, obviously, at losing, but the battling performance and the fact that you were within a point of them coming down the stretch, I mean, I must give you hope going into your final group game. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, look, I knew months out that, that that kind of performance was in this team. You know, and look, we just didn't get going on the first championship game, and that's no disrespect to be Sunday. We're excellent on the day. But we felt coming off, that, off the pitch of that day, we just didn't get out of first or second gear there, to be honest. And we kind of left ourselves down on the day. So we had a point to prove today against a very good Newstone team. Um, and you know look a wounded animal can be a dangerous thing and look we threw the kitchen sink at Newstone and look came up look came up a fraction short it, it ebbed and flowed and it could have gone either way and I felt with Colm minutes ago I thought that you know, we, we might be able to snatch this one but I couldn't ask any more of the players they, uh, they emptied out the tank they gave us everything they had and look they're a fantastic bunch of lads uh, Six points down at half time a lot of teams would have folded but you got that goal immediately after the restart and you really tore into them Yeah look I uh, there was a very strong breeze blowing and I'm not sure how evident it was you know, maybe standing looking at the game up in the hill or whatever when you're standing down on the pitch here it was you know, when that rain came it was, it, was a, it was a hurricane breeze at times so I felt that maybe if we could be within maybe four maybe maybe five or had like six you know, if that's not stretch yet but you know, we spoke at half time that we were in the game and we were going to go at him in the second half and that's what we did and you know, it was good to see lads throwing off the shackles and look there was long balls in there at times maybe a little bit old school football but no, it was, it was maybe a bit of fresh air and it was nice to see it. OK, so going into this final game, you know you've got to win, you know it's another West Cork derby, you know it's Donny's, but the first couple of group in this group, there's nothing in it, there's only been a couple of scores in it. Um, you'd be going in with a lot more hope now. Absolutely, look, I think you have to face every championship game, you know, hoping and, and thinking that you're going to win it, because if not, you have no business being there. Um, so, look, I know and, and the lads are with me know the quality that, that Donny's have and um, possess. And look, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll assess this game, we'll park it, we'll analyse Donny's and we'll, we'll, um, we'll try and hit the ground running for that game again. Excellent stuff. Best luck, Connor. Thank you very much. Cheers, Colin. Yeah, that is just about it for us. It's Tottenham 1, Manchester United nil at a White Hart Lane, 67 minutes gone. And England down to, t- uh, to 14 men again, another red card. Ireland leading 17-3 at Lansdowne Road, 61 minutes gone there. All right, so I'll be back tomorrow evening from 6pm on the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Thank you for listening. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Hey.